Hello and welcome to a special episode of The Paranormal Sun, coming to you live from Tower Studios. As always, I'm JT, and I'll be your tour guide as we explore the unexplained. Well folks, I bet you're tuning in expecting something slightly different. Unfortunately, I've really been laid low. Uh, I lost four days with uh, migraines, and it's one of those things that I have. Unfortunately, like all of us, we've all got some issues, uh, health issues, or kind of Achilles heels in our lives. And when I get migraines, it's just, I'm toast. And th this one has been very bad and very persistent. There have been a couple times I thought it was over and done with, and then it's come back and just floored me again. So, uh, as much as I wish I was doing the first episode of Season 3 right now, instead, I'm doing a special CIA episode for you. I will have that Season 3 episode to you as soon as I can, maybe before next week's release, uh, you know, my normal weekly release. I just don't know at this point. Uh, that would be ideal in my mind, the sooner the better. But at the same time, as I've told you time and time again, I'd rather take a little bit longer and not just release something for the sake of hitting a schedule. So I do apologize, folks. The plan all along was to have Season 3, Episode 1 released when you're hearing this, but unfortunately that just hasn't happened. Now, the good news is I am feeling a bit better, uh, so... On a scale of 0 to 10, several days that I've had this migraine, I've been a 0 or a 1. Uh, literally, I can't stand up. So when it hits me, um, it hits me. Uh, this seems to be the tension type, so tension in my neck and my back, and it's not been great. But I should be able to find my way through this episode so that you've got something to listen to this week. And the, again, the plan was to do a weekend bonus, but... It is what it is. Migraines, when they hit, they hit, and unfortunately, they hit me pretty hard. Now, before I get into the CIA uh, episode and covering those CIA files, I am going to cover one news article. I've had it sent to me by a few people, uh, most recently uh, from Dave at the Old 77, and Dave, Dave Jordan is always so supportive and always takes the time to send me these things. I was going to try and hold this for the news of the damned for the first episode of season three. But again, I I just don't want to make people wait any longer because this is a fairly important uh, news article. Now, uh, yesterday, last night, uh, I was listening at a very low volume, uh, a good bit of Richard Dolan's um, kind of uh, thoughts and input on the pandemic and what's been going on and what's been happening. And he's had some very interesting thoughts on it. He's been much more, uh, let's say, he's been much more uh, negative about it than I thought he would be. And I don't blame him. I was just a bit surprised because I haven't, I haven't had a chance to listen to Richard just in general. Usually I'll tune in for certain UFO shows. So he's basically saying that this is the attempt by certain powers that be for a power grab, and this is what the whole pandemic lockdown thing is about. And he has said, uh, and I do think there's definitely merit in him saying this, he has said that if you think that we're going to go back to normal, i.e. before the pandemic, you're dreaming, in the same way that people thought after 9-11, eventually we'd get back to normal, but it's not going to happen. 
So all I'm saying, folks, is pay attention to what's going on around you, whether it's in the government, whether it's with the media, whether it's with just crackdowns in general on all kinds of things. I do find it quite facetious and hilarious that so many of the media channels, uh, whether it be social media or whether it be broadcast media, it's like if you are not 100% on board with whatever narrative they're they're shoving down your throat, then you're out of there. You know, you either aren't going to make an appearance anymore on those media network channels or in the case of social media, you, you're just getting banned. And I know that certain people think this is left versus right or Democrat versus Republican, but folks, it's not. It is very much certain entrenched powers that be. And I say certain because I do think that there is a level at which people don't really know what's going on or they know very little or only maybe leadership knows what's going on. What I'm saying is I don't think that your average employee in a government job anywhere in the world has really got an idea of what's going on. It's at a certain level and above. And look, it's happening. It's just the reality of it. So there's not a whole lot I think that we can do to try and push push it back or hold back the tide, as the old saying goes back to King Canute. Uh, but we do stay positive and we do our best on a day-to-day -day basis to help our fellow man and woman, so humanity as a whole. Never forget that we are all the same species. Although some people might not act like it all the time, we are all the same and we're all one group. And try and look through any preconceived notions or biases we may have against someone who doesn't think the same way that we do, may not follow the same religious creed, may not follow the same political agenda, try to look past that and see them as a fellow human rather than my enemy, so to speak, because this is exactly what I feel, and I've felt for years and years and years, that the powers that be, these powers that I'm talking about that are at the top of the pyramid, want. They want division. They want divisiveness. It's gone on for thousands and thousands of years. Dare I say it's probably gone on for tens of thousands of years. Uh, but just remember one thing at the end of the day. Just let's say, for example, you find out tomorrow that your neighbor who you've always got on with doesn't support, doesn't, you know, go follow the same religion you do or doesn't support the same politics as you do. Now, what's really changed? What makes you hate them now? And again, just ask yourself that question. And I am not trying to play soapbox warrior here and tell you what to think or how to think. All I'm saying is we've got to move past these very damaging thought patterns that, oh, well, if they don't agree with my ideology 100%, they must be my enemy because that is not true. I'm very sick and tired, as I've said over and over, about people trying to say choose a side. No, there is a gray. It doesn't have to be black and white. I don't have to be with you or against you. This is not war, okay? As much as some people would like it to be war, it's not yet. So let's try and stay positive. And I'm sorry for delving off into the politics. I try not to. Uh, but yeah, sometimes I've just got to say it. So I'm going to get into this article for you that Dave has sent me, and then we will move on to our CIA files for this evening.
So Dave, thanks for sending me through this article. And as I say, I'd seen it. I've seen it kind of over the last couple of weeks a few times. But again, I just haven't got the chance to go into it. Really, I guess what it was was that I didn't want to go down another rabbit hole and get sidetracked. And then these last four or five days, I've just, yeah, last thing on my mind has been reading anything. So this one is from Vice, and I never thought anything really negative about Vice. I just didn't know a lot about them. But I've become more and more impressed with Vice's journalistic integrity, let's say, over the last few months. They're not perfect. No media outlet really is anymore. But they do a pretty good job of presenting things that we don't always hear about in the West. So a good example is the farmers' protest in India. I saw a very good uh, 15-minute news segment or so on Vice TV about that, and I found it very interesting and really, you know, it was really enlightening to me, and uh, I was glad that I sat there and watched it. And they didn't try to spin one side or the other. They basically, they did talk to some of the farmers and some of the people who were involved, but they didn't cram a narrative down your throat, and they didn't try and tell you what to think one way or the other. They just presented both sides, which is what I try to do here on The Paranormal Sun. So this one is titled, U.S. Navy has patents on tech it says will engineer the fabric of reality. Now, this came out on the 4th of February, and it's by Matthew Galt. And it says the U.S. Navy's UFO patents sound like they've been ripped from a science fiction novel. The U.S. Navy has patents on weird and little understood technology, according to patents filed by the Navy, It is working on a compact fusion reactor that could power cities, an engine that works using inertial mass reduction, and a hybrid aerospace underwater craft, dubbed the UFO patents. The war zone has reported that the Navy had to build prototypes of some of the outlandish tech to prove it worked. Now now I'm very intrigued. (laughs) Let's see where this takes us. Dr. Salvatore Cesar Pais is the, is the man behind the patents, and the war zone has proven the man exists, at least on paper. Pais has worked for a number of different departments in the Navy, including the Naval Air Warfare Center, Aircraft Division, NAVAIR slash NAWCAD, and the Strategic Systems Programs, SSP. The SSP mission, according to its website, is to provide credible and affordable strategic solutions to the warfighter. It's responsible for developing the technology behind the Trident-class nuclear missiles launched from submarines. The patents all build on each other, but at their core is something Pais called the Pais effect. That is the idea that controlled motion of electrically charged matter via accelerated vibration and or accelerated spin subjected to smooth yet rapid acceleration transients in order to generate extremely high energy slash high-intensity electromagnetic fields. Essentially, Pais is claiming to use properly spun electromagnetic fields to contain a fusion reaction. That plasma fusion reaction has, he claims to have invented, will revolutionize power consumption. Experts theorize that a functioning fusion reactor will lead to cheap and ubiquitous energy. More on that at the end. I'll give you my spin on that. One of Pais and the Navy's patents described that what the propulsion system and fusion drive would be used for, a hybrid aerospace underwater craft. According to the patent, the craft would travel land, sea, and outer space at incredible speeds. Other patents involved by Pais and filled by the Navy include 
a high-temperature superconductor, an electromagnetic field generator, and a high-frequency gravitational wave generator. It all sounds like science fiction, and the Navy has been skeptical too. Navy authorities called BS on Pais's inventions, and his patents went through a lengthy internal review at NAVAIR. The War Zone obtained emails about the bureaucratic fight between Pais and the Navy through a Freedom of Information Act request, and revealed that the mad scientist won. According to the patents, some of, some of the technology is operable. That means the Navy is claiming some of Pais's wild tech works and has been demonstrated to Navy officials. The physics of what Pais is claiming are beyond theoretical and beyond the ken of the layman or lowly science reporter, but a paper about his compaction fusion reactor was accepted by the peer-reviewed Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineer Transactions on Plasma Science and published in its November 2019 issue. The fact that my work on the design of a compact fusion reactor was accepted for publication is such a prestigious journal as IEEE-TPS should speak volumes as to its importance and credibility, and should eliminate or at least alleviate all misconceptions you or any other person may have in regard to the veracity or possibility of my advanced physics concepts, Pais told the War Zone in an email. Pais continued to toot his own plasma horn. Do realize that my work culminates in the en enablement of the Pais effect, original physical concept, he said. Such high-energy electromagnetic radiation can locally interact with the vacuum energy state, the VES being the fifth state of matter, fifth essence, quintessence. In other words, the fundamental structure, foundational framework from which everything else, space-time included, in our quantum reality emerges. The engineering of the Pais effect can give rise to the enablement of macroscopic quantum coherence, which, if you have closely been following my work, you understand the importance of. If the email Pais send sounds like the jargon-filled ramblings of a mad scientist, you aren't alone. The Pais emails sound like the jargon-filled ramblings of a mad scientist, but the Pentagon does have a history of successfully fostering cutting-edge technology. More than 100 years ago, nuclear weapons were science fiction. GPS, the TOR network, and the Internet itself have all began life as Pentagon programs. Perhaps the Navy will soon revolutionize the way we think about energy and transportation. Okay, folks, so there is a lot to unpack here. Now, first and foremost, when I was a boy growing up, fusion reaction was the holy grail of energy, and they felt that if you could control fusion reaction, which is how the sun gets its energy, that we would basically have unlimited energy for mankind's uh, foreseeable future. So I mean billions of years. Now, I do find it interesting that, like I say, they have said uh, they built prototypes of this stuff. It's something I definitely want to keep an eye on. And Dave, thanks for prodding me to read this because yeah it's this is the kind of stuff folks that can change the world now will it change the world for you and me well that all depends again those powers that be do they will they actually allow us to have access to such things it's long stated and long considered that the military and certain other entities 
in this world are 50 and I would say more like 100 years ahead of what we have in so what I'm saying is in the deepest darkest vaults there's easily technology that's 100 years plus ahead of what we have at a species level so you and I in our everyday homes now of course then you have people that aren't read into that kind of top secret stuff that may only be 20 or 30 years ahead of where we are but again I have no doubt that there's lots of things we will never find out about or when we do we're going to say oh well why haven't we had this for a longer time it's because we have and they don't want Joe Blow and every other man on the street or woman on the street to have access to these things. Because if you've got things like this, like fusion energy, well, then we don't need fossil fuels, do we? So why are we going to prop up Exxon and uh, BP and all these other huge fossil fuel companies? So I definitely feel that it's one of those things where if we ever get this stuff, it's going to be basically once they've tapped out most of those fossil fuels. So I'll stay positive and we will look to the future with a positive light. But yeah, it is very interesting. And I've got no doubt that in those deep and dark black black weapons and other technology programs that there's all kinds of things about this that you and I will not be allowed to get our hands on until they've got something much better. So yeah, I'll keep an eye on that story, and we'll see if it develops further. And again, thanks, Dave, for sending that through. Now we're going to get into our CIA files for this evening. So here we are, folks. Now we're on to the FBI files for this episode. And for those of you who are new to this series, basically, John Greenwald, who is the founder of the Black Vault website, which is an excellent archive of... Not only files, government files that have been released, but all kinds of information on unexplained uh, phenomena, the kind of stuff that I cover. But in, in, a, in particular, in and around the UFO field. So John Greenwald, over the last few years, had gathered several thousand documents, around 2,700, that were released to him from the CIA through uh, Freedom of Information Act requests. And he has released these in a PDF format so that it's quite easy for us to go through and look at them and search through them. Now, as I say, if you've got questions about any document, I number them in the episode on the air. So if you've got a question, please refer to the document when you come through with your question. And I'm happy to provide the documents for you as well because they're out there for all of us in the public to go through. Now, John Greenwald himself has done a few interviews about these documents. I haven't listened to any of those yet, and the reason is I don't really want to spoil this as we troll through these thousands of documents. I'm learning as much as you are, the listener, as we go through. So you will hear me refer to some things on here uh, as a kind of a ex I expect you to know. It's been covered over in other episodes but I do try and give you a brief refresh just so that we're all on board with the same thing. So this document is uh, from the 19th of October, 1955. And this one says, Memoranda for Information. Subject, Reported Sighting of Unconventional Aircraft. 1. The objects reportedly sighted by... Now anything that's crossed out and that I can't read, I refer to as redacted. So the objects reportedly cited by Redacted are described to be similar 
to Project I, which is in the research stage at Avro Aircraft LTD. So, sorry, it's not I. I would say it's Project Y. And this is the famous Avro Flying Saucer, which is one of the very few public uh, releases of this kind of information that shows that a company was actually developing something of this type, i.e. a flying saucer, although with nowhere near the capability of flying saucers that have been seen. So Avro Aircraft Ltd. Canada under, under contract to the U.S. Air Force. Two, several design studies have been made on Project Y. The present study calls for a circular wing 30 feet in diameter, which is around 10 meters in diameter, and about 1.1 feet thick, which is around 300 mils. Its performance is to be as follows. Speed M equals 3. I'm not quite sure what that means. Rate of climb, 120,000 feet per minute. Ceiling, 102,000 feet. Range, 700 nautical miles. The present effort consists of wind tunnel testing, sponsored to the extent of $800,000 by the U.S. Air Force. Project Y is being directed by John Frost. Mr. Frost is reported to have obtained his original idea for the, for the flying machine from a group of Germans just after World War II. Now, that is very interesting. The Soviets may have also obtained information from this German group. Now, a very quick aside, folks, because I don't want to get us too far off in the weeds. There have been rumors and stories that during World War II, the Germans developed the Hannenbaum and other flying saucer-type designs that we haven't been made privy to, especially in the public, and that these blueprints and files and maybe even working craft went into black projects after the war, or in some cases, people claim that the Nazis that escaped the war actually escaped in part with this technology. I do find it very interesting that it is mentioned right here that it says machine from a group of Germans just after World War II. So how long is just after? Well, it has to be before 1955, I would say, in the months following the war. Very interesting. Number five, since two objects were reportedly seen in operation at one time in an area where it is most unlikely that experimental flying would be conducted, it is likely that these objects were in service. This would indicate that rapid progress in this development for the Soviets. So they're basically blaming it on the Soviets. It does, however, seem inconsistent that the Soviets, if they have such an object in service, would continue their large development and production programs on conventional type aircraft. Yeah, that's a good point. So they're saying if the Soviets had these flying saucers that were ahead of conventional aircraft, why would you continue to develop conventional aircraft? The only excuse I can think of is that you don't want people to know you've got these, but then again, you're wasting a huge amount of money and resources developing. It would be kind of like um, the monoplane, right? So the monoplane is your standard plane now that has one wing. Well, obviously, when you think back to World War One and after World War One, you had biplanes or triplanes or so planes with multiple wings stacked on top of each other. So if you had a monoplane that was working and you knew it was going to be the wave of the future, why would you continue to develop and experiment with biplanes? 
It's one thing to say, well, we're not going to scrap all these planes that are in service, but we're talking about continuing to develop and production programs to develop better and better conventional planes. Whereas if you had this supposed flying saucer, wouldn't you be working on that? Wouldn't that be what you're spending all your research and development on? Yeah, that's what you would think. Since our first information on Project Y in the early 1953, ASD has been on the alert for information which might indicate that the Soviets were working on such a project. Prior to the sighting by Redacted, no such information has been available. In order to properly evaluate the report by Redacted and Group, it will be necessary to have additional information and details of the sighting. The Air Force has made arrangements for technically competent persons to question the party. And this is from W.E. Lexow, it looks like, Chief Applied Science Division SI. Now, I'm not really going to go in and Google this person and see who it is, but I find this document very fascinating, folks. So we've got ties to flying saucers or flying disks tied to Germans immediately after World War II. We've got a tie to the Avro, which is one of the very few, I mean, there might be others, but it's the main one that I know of that was an actual flying saucer that was designed and shown to the public. But again, this was basically, think of it as a, think of it as a garbage bin top or a garbage can lid with a fan in the middle that is propelling it off of the ground. So think of where you go in those jump uh, sites and that, you know, where I don't know where they are all over, but it's where you, you're kind of doing where they say you're doing indoor skydiving, but you're actually having a fan forcing you up in the air. Think of that, but instead of the fan pushing you up, you having the fan and the fan pushing you off the ground. That is, in essence, what this quote-unquote flying saucer from Avro Aircraft is. Uh, and there are many photos of it floating around online. And I might even find a link to one and put it in the show notes for you. So, yeah, here we go, folks. Again, a long-standing uh, tradition with this subject matter that as soon as I open the first file, I'm astounded by what's in it. So here we move on now to file 24. And this one is also from early days, so 4th of May, 1954. And this says, Mr. Walter Fezelhui? It's hard to see because off these are very old documents and they're spotty and they've obviously been scanned. So I can't quite work out what the name is here. And it says Office of General Counsel, Assistant Director, Joint Scientific Intelligence, draft reply to Senator Johnson's letter. Attached in accordance with your request is a re suggested draft reply to Senator Johnson's letter of 19th April 1954. So obviously a senator has written to the CIA uh, to say, uh, with some question about UFOs. Dear Senator Johnson, in response to your letter of 19th April 1954, we have received the, the problem, we have reviewed the problem posed by your constituent, Mr. P.D. Bear, bear season? Of course, you realize that intelligence cannot explicitly cannot state is explicitly what it does or does not know. 
To reassure you, however, and not for passage further, we are not alarmed by the many reports or sightings of flying saucers. Wow. So the CIA is saying we're not alarmed by all these sightings of flying saucers in the early 50s, which is very strange to me. So either they know something or they're just saying it's all bunk, which, again, this could be a cover story. And they're just telling the senator, oh, there's nothing to see here because they want him to go away, basically. The information available to us indicates that the largest percentage of all reported sightings have been explained satisfactorily as normal, natural phenomena. Yep. Ventricular clouds, I'm sure. In the remaining percentage of sightings, which is very small, the information reported is so lacking in scientific detail as to make their credibility very low. Yeah, this sounds straight out of the CIA. In light of the above, we suggest that you reply to your constituent without direct reference to this agency along the following lines. I, I can... It, I am very glad to be able to reply to your letter of 12th April 1954 inquiring about flying saucers. After inquiring in the appropriate quarters in government, I find that many of the books and articles in the public press give incomplete and sometimes non-factual information. I have been assured, furthermore, that we should not become uh, alarmed by such information. Again, sorry, folks, it's hard to read this have been told that a member of a number of books on the subject do indicate that the US Air Force covers the subjects of flying saucers and I suggest that you write USAF if you have further questions we hope that this information will be of use to you so you've had a senator who has had one of his constituents contact him uh, obviously back then it would have either been a phone call or a letter asking about flying saucers and what's going on then Senator Johnson has got in touch with the CIA to say, hey, what's going on as per this communication? And the CIA has actually taken the time to write him a draft letter to send back to his constituent to basically say nothing to see here, folks. So this is quite surprising to me. Um, not in so much that I'm shocked that this is something the CIA would do. But again, it's just the blatantness that the CIA will even write, draft a letter for the senator to send on to this person. And don't forget, don't refer to this agency. So send it to him, but don't tell him the CIA gave you this. So yeah, it's 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 a bit of a laugh, folks. And again, that is document number 25, okay, if you want to know more about it. Now on to document 26, and we're going to do a full five on this episode, folks. And this is a newer file, so this is... Another one of these, it looks like, uh, where it's got the paper trail of it going from, uh, it, go, it gets circulated to the Secretary of Defense, to various military bases, to the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Kelly Air Force Base, um, and I've read a few of these on the air. Now this one looks to be from October of 2000, and this one says, um, topic domestic political, country Russia. So, again, here we go. Uh, the Cold War supposedly ended in, what, 93, 94? And we're listening in on those Russians, though, you know? Cause, uh, and again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be paying attention to what goes on in other governments and other countries. But I do find it quite funny that we have to completely be across everything 
and we have to have these memorandums circulating around uh, saying what's going on. So, for example, here, underage drinking rife in Moscow, you know, national security there, folks. OK, it's it just it just makes me laugh about how thorough and methodical they are. So imagine all the stuff the NSA and some of these other groups are gathering to this day. I mean, it will be anyone who thinks that the government isn't interested in what you ate for dinner or what website you're on. Any of you that are in doubt, folks. This is like 30 plus year old stuff. A lot of this that I read 20, 30 years old. And if it's going on overseas, I can guarantee you it's going on in the U.S. So anyway, take it with a grain of salt. So it says uh, the influential daily Estensia is more skeptical about the subject. The 20th century by allowing experiments on humans and creating animal chimeras has passed the normal boundary between the possible and the unthinkable. The paper laments will reason help us to prevent mankind being plunged into its final tragedy without halting the advance of science. Now, that is very interesting. So they're basically talking about cloning and splicing different um, uh, entities together, um, different species together. That's what I was thinking of. So it is is Ventensia reports that the Russian parliament tried to draft legislation on bioethics two years ago, but made no progress without a legal framework. Anything can happen. The paper continues and gives an example from the Siberian city of Krasnovarsk. A local forensic scientist has been charged with illegally promoting pituitary glands, removing pituitary glands from corpses to which he had access both professionally and via an undertaking business he ran on the side. Though over 1,000 of the glands were found in his lab, the suspect has denied trading in human parts. Wow. Okay, so we're going to skip over the underage drinking is rife in Moscow. Again, oftentimes I just give you a bit of this so that you know uh, what was going on at the time. Okay, so the mass circulation... Komsomolskaya Pravda has been investigating reports of crop circles in Russian wheat fields this summer, so in the summer of 2000. Many readers are still convinced that the phenomena are extraterrestrial, but Pravda decided to consult an agricultural expert to find out if, that could, if they could be faked. The answer was that they could, but it would need a lot of preparation and a lot of nitrate fertilizer. Once the circle is drawn on the plowed earth, the area in the circle is overdosed with fertilizer once before sowing water, winter wheat, and again in the spring. When the wheat grows, the stalks inside the circle will be flattened by the slightest wind, an expert told the paper. Now, I've never heard of this before, folks, and uh, I've done a fair bit of looking into crop circles, so that is very interesting. I've never heard of that. Pravda has found a neglected farm and a willing farmer near Moscow and tried it out. The results will not be known until the wheat grows next summer. Ah, interesting. This report may contain copyrighted material. So that one is document number 26. Wow. Okay, so again here, folks, something I didn't know, something new I've learned, um, just goes to show. It's just interesting after interesting with these CIA files. So here we are, folks. We are on to the next one. And this file is from an area of time we haven't done a lot so far in and this is in april of 1976 so most of these have been fairly new so in the 90s and 2000s and in the 50s but this one is from 1976 april 26 to be exact and this one says 
UFO research, and a lot of redactions. So references, Telecon, 22 April 1976. Per the request in reference B, we attempted to attain analytical guidance on the UFO redacted subject. We contacted the A slash DDS and T, Dr. Redacted, to see if he knew of any official UFO program, and also to attempt to answer some of the questions posed by Redacted. Dr. Redacted exhibited interest in Redacted, which was hand-carried to his office. After a short examination of its contents, Dr. Redacted advised us that he would personally look into the matter and get back to us. As we discussed in reference, a Dr. Redacted has since contacted us and relayed the following information. It would appear to be best if you advised Redacted that he should Redacted and then two big bits of Redacted. It does not seem that the government has any... Um, it, they've, they've crossed out a few words in handwritten, so I'm just going to read the old ones. It does not appear that the government has any apparent program in progress for the identification or solution of the UFO phenomena. Dr. Redacted feels that the efforts of independent researchers and then Redacted are vital for further progress in this area. At the present time, there are offices and personnel within the agency who are monitoring the UFO phenomena. But again, this is not currently on an official, official basis. Dr. Redacted feels that the best approach would be to keep in touch with and in fact develop reporting channels in this area to keep any information which might indicate a threat potential would be of interest, as would specific indications of foreign developments or applications of UFO-related research. Dr. Redacted has advised us that he would evaluate any additional information we might receive as well as disseminate significant developments through appropriate channels should it be warranted. We wish to stress again that there does not now appear to be any special program on UFOs within the intelligence community, and this should be relayed to Redacted. In view of Dr. Redacted's willingness to review additional information received on the UFO phenomena, we will keep subject case open to your office for the president. Please keep us advised of any new developments. And then Redacted. Now, President, I want to say in 1976, that should have been Jimmy Carter who was very interested in UFOs. Yeah, he would have just been sworn in. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, Jimmy Carter poking around, asking questions, and like I say, he basically got told nothing to see here. So that's an interesting article, too, So that or, or, uh, file. So that is file number 28, or 27, sorry. And now we are on to file number 28, which is the last one for this episode. And this one says, uh, Moscow, Ostankino, television first channel network in Russian, uh, so again, this is another one of the CIA's coverage of overseas media. And this is from January, uh, 15th, January 94. Uh, so we're just going to very quickly see if we can find the UFO bit. So newscast presented by Sergei Medvedev. Reception good. Uh, report on Clinton's visit to Moscow. Yeah, of course you would expect that to be in the news. Cause... Kosri Rev remarks that the main sensation of the visit was that there was no sensation. Some Ukrainian MPs, meanwhile, are skeptical of agreement signed by 
Kravchuk to dispose of country's nuclear warheads. Yeah. Uh, world reaction to Clinton visit. Video report from Minsk on Clinton in Belarus. Video shows signings, address to Academy of Sciences. State Duma is not meeting today. Yeltsin de- decrees awards for cosmonauts. Video shows cosmonauts nearly newly returned to Earth. So this is when Boris Yeltsin was the president. Video report by uh, Yuriev Selinanov on election campaign in Ukraine. Crimean presidential elections tomorrow. Referendum in Turkmenistan. State emergency regime reinforced in Tbilisi to prevent disorder during mourning. State of emergency regime in North Estentia slackened to allow voting in tomorrow's presidential elections. Trial. Just trying to find that UFO story, folks, because they're often buried in here. Clinton to Geneva uprising in Mexico. Yeah, I remember that uprising actually in Mexico. Uh, Serbian economy. Crown jewels going on public display in London. Okay, U.S. Congress Commission investigates 40-year-old sightings of UFOs. So 40 years from 94 back. So be about 63, 64. Several very good cases at that time. So, yeah, folks, um, this one is, again, it just goes to show how often in these files, foreign media, we're talking about UFOs. And I do find it, again, very interesting. Now, that could have been Kecksburg as well, just thinking about 40 years back from 1994. But nonetheless, folks, there you have five more interesting CIA files for you to digest and hopefully learn something new as I have. Now, like I say, folks, I will keep you in the loop with what's going to happen with the first episode of season three. It's definitely on its way. I just haven't finished uh, editing it, let's say, and then recording it. So I would like to get it out this weekend. We will just see how long this migraine hangs along. So just keep an eye out uh, for an announcement, and I'll let you know as soon as I know, as soon as I'm feeling better. Honest to goodness, folks, even doing this short episode, I'm feeling pretty drained. So I definitely won't be doing any more work on it tonight. Hang in there. Have a good work week for everyone, and I will talk to you soon. Take care.